but I worked with a lot of professional men that were driving Mercedes and had nice cars. And like, I would go sit in their office and talk to them and stuff like that. And, and I feel like they didn't really know that they were like a mentor to me or that they were influencing me, but I was 18 years old, 19 years old. Wow. And I wanted to have that one day. Of course. So I said, you know, eventually I'll be my own business owner and I'll, uh, I'll be in, in a position like this. So I enjoyed putting on a tie and going to work every day, wearing a suit. What, and, I, and I think that that shaped my mindset and my mentality into a, a business mindset to where I could be professional with people. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. I'm here with Eric Garcia, president of Fury Fighting Organization. Thank you for coming on, sir. Yes, sir. You've been you've been busy. I am very <laughs> but constant hustle, I imagine. Yeah. You've been doing this for like 20 years. I mean, like in fighting, fighting business or uh, promoting 13. Okay. Uh, actually like involved in the fighting and training, uh, like 16, 17. Okay. I'm right. Well, close enough, I suppose. Uh, did you, did you have anything to do with fear? Um, not fury. You obviously are with fury, but, uh, like king of the cage or anything like that. No, no. Okay. Cause that was like one of the earliest fighting kind of, I guess like smaller organizations, but you're out of Texas and, and you were, I'm going to be going to the uh, Fury event this Sunday coming up. A good so one. I'm excited. I'm going to meet up with Jacob Parga from Iridium sports and, and my team, we're going to come and enjoy the fight. So I appreciate you. Uh, setting us up on there but how did so like how did you first become involved in in, in mma then like the like actually training and stuff mm -hmm. so i became a fan like early on of the ufc probably like everybody else did you know i walked into a blockbuster video one once and saw the vhs videos ah. so I, was, I was exposed to it at an early age probably 13 14 years old i think i was in like eighth grade but it was super appealing to me um and they would only come out like every so often it's like a, a back then because it was there was no strong internet or live streams and stuff like that like the event would happen and then you wouldn't see it or hear about it on vhs until like six months later so every few months you know we'd be looking for the next one but that's when i first got exposed to it and then Years later, uh, when The Ultimate Fighter came out and Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner had that amazing fight, I watched that whole season, you know. Yeah, and, me too, actually. Yeah, then that was great. Like, that was the foundation of the new era of the UFC. But I started looking for, for gyms and stuff, and there was a gym in my area. And a, a black belt that I had heard of, Travis Took, and I walked into his gym in 2007, and... I fell in love with it, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu first. And uh, I got my black belt two years ago under Travis. So Nice. Yeah, I had been training with him for, I think, 13 years or something from 2007. So. Wow. I'm a white belt. I just joined this gym here locally. And I've been rolling, training, nogi 
since 2000, like 2000, I would say even, um, just like in my living room with my friend, he kind of introduced me to the guard and mounting and then the arm bar and triangle or arm triangle and stuff. And then we would, and then I joined a, a gym with uh, this guy, the Mike, the Joker Guyman, and he was showing me some, you know, just MMA stuff. And because it's all different from like boxing specifically or wrestling or whatever, it was like strictly cage fighting style. And and on and off gyms after you know I'd go for a couple months. Life would get in the way. I'd move or something, and then and I've always loved when I would go back to a gym. Like you said, you fell in love with it. I love it, and I'm like, what have I been doing? I haven't. And I'm, so I finally went back, and I'm going to a Gracie Jiu Jitsu gym, and with the gi, and. He, the dude's from Brazil. He barely speaks English, and it's so cool and so much fun, and I'm so glad I'm getting back into it because it's kind of like therapy, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, I feel like when I go train, whether it be jiu-jitsu or hit pads or whatever, mm. that hour or two is really the only time I don't worry about my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to answer emails. I don't have to check messages and stuff, and, like, my mind can actually – for two hours get away from my normal life and i'm like in this new thing and just to break the sweat and like just reduce it releases a lot of endorphins you know yeah and it's like kind of humbling i feel like because I, yeah. I mean especially as a white belt i go in there yeah. and, and these guys that nobody knows who i am which is kind of cool i'm like telling them we work with all these fighters and even brandon marino I'll, right some of them they're like they don't even know who he is. So yeah. I'm just like, okay, we'll just, we're on a very equal playing field here and let's have uh, some fun. And I, my favorite part of is the sparring. Right. Yeah. I think that's everybody, that's everybody's favorite. Everybody dreads the warm up and the technique, but when it's like that last 45 minutes to an hour and it's time to, all right, it's time to spar. So then everybody's like, I wish I could just show up for this. Exactly. Know? Yeah. And I, I went to my class last night and we did all the technique and we're like uh, like grabbing the sleeve and the cross shoulder whatever and um doing that for like 45 minutes and this is only an hour long class and then comes time to spar and he didn't like pair me up with anyone and he's like you guys are going to do situational sparring because i'm still like the white belt and i was like right fuck. start from guard or start from yeah or whatever yeah and i mean it's not the worst thing ever but i was working with these two guys who were like even more like just like first class ever and so they were like fish out of water and they were so clumsy and it's it wasn't even fun and i, fe <laughs> I felt like it's like kind of like this where you're like about to have sex and then you don't get to have sex and then you're like this those are the guys you're supposed to take advantage of man and practice your techniques on yeah but one of the guys was i'm five eight and this dude was like six four and okay. just i couldn't really work with him and the other dude was so out of shape that he was gassed just doing the the reps and the the, uh, the technique stuff and I was, I was just like anyways it was every other class has been awesome 
and that was just a little bit let down last night. But. It's amazing. Like when you like somebody that actually works out every day and lifts weights and does cardio and stuff like that, but you walk into a jujitsu class and you take that class and you're like, holy shit, I thought I was in shape, but I'm really not in shape. I remember when I, when I walked into team took in 2007, like I was really heavily into weightlifting and running and doing stuff like that. So I was like 195 pounds muscular and I thought that I was in shape and then I get paired up with like a 150 pound guy and all of a sudden I'm gassed and oh, yeah. I'm like, man, I'm out of shape. But within like three months, I lost like 25 pounds and I was like, oh, this is the weight class I'm supposed to be in. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's crazy. And you, you did fight at some point or did you just train? I did. Yeah. yeah, no, I had five amateur fights, and then I had one professional fight. Okay, and so... And I, I happened to stay undefeated for all those Wow. Fights. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't want to... Okay, I like that, because <laughs> you went out on top. And, I did. And, and then, so how did you transition into, like, promoting and then ultimately, own, you know, running this organization? Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of a cool story, so... Um, I went, I started training in 2007 and I wanted to get my blue belt before I took my first amateur fight. So I was doing a bunch of privates and I was doing jujitsu privates first. And then I started doing like kickboxing privates and wrestling and putting it all together. So I trained for like a good two and a half years. I got my blue belt and then I made my amateur debut for a promotion that was known as Lone Star Beatdown. That's right. The owner of that promotion was Mick Maynard. Oh. who is now the UFC matchmaker. Really yeah, yeah. Um, uh. Anyway, so he was probably one of the only organizations around in Houston and Texas at that, around that time. So the, all the guys that I was training with, they wanted, after I fought, they wanted to fight as well. And they would try and get on a card and it was just, the cards were filling up so fast. So there was a super high demand to fight and with Mick being the only guy around, I figured, man, why not try and open my own promotion and get my thing going and I can put my own teammates on. These guys are having issues getting on cards and the cards are filling up so fast. I can be a secondary to what he's doing. And the rest is history, man. I threw my first show in 2010. It was an amateur show. It was called Cage Combat. It was on a Thursday night in Humble, Texas. And I lost a lot of money, but I put on some good fights. <laughs> <laughs> so by losing money, because you had to, you have to pay the fighters, and then like I guess maybe not as many people showed up as you would have hoped, or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really have a clue. Like I spent a lot of money, I think, on stuff that I didn't need, and I kind of tweaked it. And then I just I was like, I'm not going out like this. Did another one, made a little bit of money. Did another one, made a little bit of. That's money. That's how you learn, right? Yeah. It was, trial, it was trial and error. Yeah. And, and Mick helped a lot. Like he, him doing it, I would kind of follow his blueprint and look at what he was doing. And I was actually still fighting for him while I was running my own promotion. Wow. So, yeah. And he was very open-minded. And, you know, anytime I would like, man, I wonder if this would work, I would call him and ask him stuff. And he was always, yeah, this is how you do it or don't do it. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't, you know, so it was, it was pretty cool. But here we are 13 years later and, UFC Fight Pass and one of the fastest growing promotions in the nation, man. It's like, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to say, like, what are some of the biggest successes you've found over the course of this, you know, running this company? 
but I imagine kind of getting on fight pass and yeah. Um, so like a lot of people, like, I feel like a real a pivotal turning point in Fury FC was March 13th, 2020. And that is when we had a super stacked card put together. Uh, Adrian Yanez was on this card, supposed to fight Ricky Tercius. Leomano oh, Martinez. I love Ricky's Tercius. Yeah, okay. so they were, on, they were on the card as a co-main event. And then I had Leomano Martinez and Peter Caballero fighting for a Bantamweight title. And we ran the weigh-ins on the 12th. The show was supposed to be on the 13th. And it was going to be the probably the card that sent us to the next level. This is pre-UFC uh, Fight Pass. And this is when the COVID era hit. So the day I'm going to the venue and we're about to open the doors to the public and the inspector who's going to run that show, the Texas licensing inspector, says, hey, Governor Abbott just shut the whole city down. This event's not happening. Oh, no. And, yeah, so here we are, and we're like, shit, the fighters are there. Everybody's there. I make a post, and I said, hey, if you bought tickets, come get your money back. We're going to be here for four hours refunding money. And we didn't see MMA anywhere, I think, for – that was in March. I did another show in December, and we were the first uh, regional promotion to actually – open back up with MMA and it was with no crowd Matt, the, the refs and staff had to wear masks. Everybody had to get COVID tested, quarantined. Right. Uh, but I think by us be, uh, do, being the first organization to come back after COVID that showed, that showed a lot, you know, it, it showed a lot. So it, it was big for us, you know, cause we kind of kicked it back up for Texas for sure. And laid that the foundation on how we were going to make this thing work. And I feel like people having been cooped up in their homes for so long, like they were hungry for some live action sports, right? And, and yeah, so for sure. I could see that being a very like positive effect on, on the people because, you know, the, everybody was stuck at home. And then to be able to have a live event come back and Fighting is one of the most exciting things you can go watch, period. I don't yeah. even know what's better. And I love when we go to your events and you guys always take care of us and we get like front row VIP table and you can hear the, the kicks and the smacks <laughs> and it's uh, one of my favorite things. And I, get, I think you guys just signed Elijah Smith relatively recently. I could be wrong. We did. And we, because we sponsor him and He's here local in my city, Colorado Springs. And okay. I, I was going to his dad's gym, Gilbert Smith, you know, right. Victory MMA. And that was, again, like another UFC fighter. I was training under, under him for a while. And then COVID hit. And I mo actually moved to a city about 30 minutes away into the, like the remoteness of the, the mountains of Colorado and, so I hadn't been, like, since COVID, I hadn't been back to a gym until about two and a half weeks ago. And and now, and that was that was so cool because he, it was more like MMA and hitting the pads. Love hitting the pads. That's yeah. so, yeah, that's so fun. Whereas at the jiu-jitsu gym I'm going to now, there are no pads. But <laughs> it's it's got its own positive, that, feel, you know, those endorphins you're talking about. It's just... 
and they had a they had a Brazilian dude didn't speak any English on my second class. It was like a special event where, you know, I'm sure you, at the gym you go to, they'll have like special trainers come in every now and then and do like seminars or something. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. And so this dude and I walk in thinking it was my normal white belt class, but it was like a training for a tournament style fighting class. And so we were, were after it. yeah, it was like one minute, one minute, one minute, sparring, 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 like rotating partners. And, you know, after five or 10 minutes, it was just like, this is what I wanted. <laughs> this is it. So fun. People don't, I don't know, man. And I don't know if, you know, we're not all built the same and For get sure. pleasure out of the same things, but man, it's like you can play basketball or any other tennis or whatever. And there's no, just like feeling like rolling, rolling. It's so weird. I don't know why. It's so it weird. is. Yeah. It's hard to explain, but it is. I always say, like people, a lot of people, tr sometimes they give me a hard time, like about not liking, uh, it's not that I don't like it, but I, I don't watch football. And a lot of my friends watch football and stuff and, or basketball yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, man, I mean, I, I'm a fight promoter. Like, it's not that I don't like football, but who doesn't like fights? Like right. you can go, you can go to a grocery store and walk out of the grocery store and two people start fighting in the parking lot and everybody's attention is going to stop what they're doing and they're going to look. Yeah. You know, no I doubt. mean, that's, that's just how, that's just fighting. It's just something different. That's how you solve it. That's not how you technically solve problems, but nobody's ever said, I don't like you. Let's go play a game of football and see who wins. Yeah. And you all, <laughs> I like as a kid, you know, you don't let's let's settle this maybe on the basketball court, but probably not. We're settling it and on the playground, whatever the we're playground. gonna fight. Yeah. And then you're probably in a lot of instances, I, I always became friends with them. You gain respect right. for each other and it's you know, it like unless it, they're it, a sore loser. Yeah. <laughs> unless they're a sore loser. So like what makes what makes Fury stand out from the other kind of fight organizations do you think you know i think uh it's the the fighters that we have on our roster yeah. like me and uh rich who works he's like my vp he uh helps with all the matchmaking and stuff we diligently seek talent across the u.s like if you look at our i, I was i was on tapology a couple of weeks ago and i was looking at the uh just like the lower region like texas oklahoma louisiana uh, I was looking at the top 25 flyweights and featherweights and bantamweights. And I think in each of those divisions out of the top 25, like 22 or 23 in each division were signed with Fury. Wow. So it, that, that speaks a lot. That speaks high, you know? So, you know, when you come to a Fury FC event, the guys that are stepping in that cage are possibly one to two fights away from getting called up to either Dana White contender series or uh, a short call into the UFC. You know, somebody in the UFC gets hurt and they might be looking for one of our guys. The other thing I think is the relationships we have. Um, like I, I feel like I have a really solid relationship with the UFC fight pass team. Uh, the, the guys are great to work with. I think I've earned trust with them. And, you know, we we signed with UFC Fight Pass 
in March of 2021 and March of 2023, which is here in a couple months, we'll have delivered, I think, 29 events to them in just two years, you know, so that, that alone, that also speaks, speaks pretty high volume for us. So if you show up to a Fury FC show, you're not going to, the level of production that we bring and the fights that we put together, you know, it's, it's hard to compare. Yeah, and I I think I was that one where Dana White was there, and yeah. he like Dana's signed. Big yeah. yeah, and I I was that one, that, and that was really cool. Everybody was like going, and he's like taking pictures with everyone. Yeah. And do you like you're the president of Fury? He's the president of the UFC. You guys are <laughs> like, you know, in the same kind of field. We're in the we're in the same industry, yeah. but we're like. <laughs> <laughs> Does it bug yeah. you when, I mean, because you have to know that your fighters are trying to get to the UFC and when they make it, does that make you proud or just very, like, yeah, very, very proud. I, I feel like number one, it was a huge accomplishment, even being signed to UFC Fight Pass. Um, like I said, we got signed in March. Dana was at our, we got signed in March of 21. He came to our show in May of 21. So Eight weeks later, Dana's already here. Yeah. And then he came, that was in Houston. And then he came a second time and went to a show that we did in Denver. Yeah. Uh, in the same year. So I, I was like, like man, this is twice. Yeah. I mean, and those are like my two kind of, my team is all in San Antonio, which okay. is where we're going to be for the one on Sunday. And then I go, anytime you guys are in Colorado, I, I get a, group of friends and we will go and it's always everyone like my friend was just asking me because i just had a ufc party like <clears throat> at my house and it's like when are we going back to another fury and i was like when they come back you know to colorado we'll for sure be going back well, so. i actually have a i actually have a meeting with the paramount theater uh so I'm, I'm trying to book for uh, april 16th to try and get out oh. there yeah Hell yeah We'd like to do that. And, and speaking of San Antonio, so we're doing the show this weekend at Cowboys Dance Hall, which I think y'all been to. But we did get a new venue in San Antonio called the Techport Center. Okay. And we're gonna be there March twenty fourth. So I'm assuming you'll come. You're gonna come down because the UFC is in San Antonio on Saturday, March twenty fifth. Yeah, my yeah, wife so was telling me that, and she was yeah. like, thinking, you know, she's like, get your team and go. I was like, we'll see. Yeah, cause big fight weekend. Yeah, sure. um, that's so. Like, what are you? So I, I was going to say, what are you doing to like continue the growth of of your organization? But I was, yeah. Well, obviously, we got to keep signing talent. You yeah. know, a, a lot of so I run an am, uh, all amateur organization as well, and then a lot of times when we run uh, these fury cards you'll see on the undercard amateur fights. So we're looking to gradually bump those amateurs up and let them make their pro debuts and fight on undercards. And then as we're sending guys to Dana White Contender Series and off to the UFC, I think that alone is creating a higher demand for more fighters in the nation to want to come. I mean, we get guys from outside of the country that are I was just gonna, I was just thinking yeah. that they're there do they, and... they request like do they reach out to you sometimes yeah. okay yeah so there's an email on our on our uh webs on our webpage 
And a lot of times they go through email. If not, they'll just go through the Fury Instagram and they'll find me and they'll message me or they'll message Rich direct and say, hey, we really want an opportunity. And as long as they have their visas and stuff in order, like, we'll bring guys in. Like, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, and a lot of times, like, you'll find some of the best talent outside of the U.S. as well. Like, we had a guy that fought for us named Thimba Garimbo, and he fought for us in New Orleans. And uh, he fought that one time. He got seen, and he's already signed to the UFC. He should be making his UFC debut here pretty soon. I think he's from, like, South Africa or something. Yeah, I, I love when I see these our fighters from, like, the smaller organizations make it up to the UFC and then do well, you know. And it's like, because sometimes they'll make it, and then they'll do, like, we have this guy, Kyle Nelson, who is just, I, we just, he's fighting... Duho uh, Choi in the co-main event on February fourth, so like in two weeks. Okay, and he, he's in his sixth fight. This is so weird. I think he's won like two fights in the UFC, and he but he was murdering all the way up. And he's from Canada, and he was undefeated. And uh, it, but he like you see that next level of competition, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And some people, and it, but and he'll be winning the first. Like he always starts off winning the first round, and then and he knows because he's been there. And and then like he either gasses because his weight cuts are too hard, or something is going on. He's really good, but I I really hope he beats Duho Choi. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good when your guy wins. The guy you yeah. know wins. It's such a great feeling. I know. Like for, yeah, for sure. Like we had some guys on Dana White Contender Series. Uh, this past year and we would come out and watch them and we were just like yeah please 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 so i know three of our three of our guys got signed off of contender series this past year four actually four guys got signed well, so we're yeah. hoping for a lot more this coming year and that but you like you're building them from your organization and then they leave but right. so does that kind of hurt you, you know a little bit your uh, it, ticket sales or something yeah, for sure. But but obviously, like, the ultimate goal is, as a business, we want to make money, for sure. But being, being a, a partner with the UFC and UFC Fight Pass and uh, then, like, Fight Pass owning the rights to our events, our job is really to build talent for the UFC. Yeah. Because like when it's time... Yeah, when it's time it. for okay. Dana and them to and Mick and Sean to look for talent, I think they're going to go to the Fight Pass organizations first, so... If I'm producing the right guys, obviously I have to know that you're you're showing these guys so they can take them. Right. Yeah. I mean, because we work with like LFA, we work with Five Five Nine, and we, uh, Colorado Combat. As far as like sponsoring certain athletes, and we're, you know, I could we could sponsor NFL and NBA players, but we sponsor fighters just because yeah. that's what I'm into. That's like the greatest my, sport in the world. Fighting is yeah. the greatest sport in the world. Yeah, there's nothing, and every fight is different. That's what's so funny is you can watch a thousand fights, and they're they're like kind of all exciting, you know. Yeah. And that's they're all cool weird. Well, and yeah. that's and that's actually what I was gonna say earlier. So I'm glad it came back to me. But because <laughs> um, it's like it is weird. It's like you know, it's the same thing every time. But no, it's not. There, it's like a different style versus you know whatever. Yeah. What What do you think of what's up with these Russians? I don't. Man, I mean, they're coming in like the, Khabib got some mob of guys that he brought up, I guess, and they're coming in, and those dudes are relentless. You know? Yeah, 
I mean, their style in that take you down and beat you up for three rounds or finish you in the first is just – it's insane, man. And I feel like they have just a different – type of blood and strength you know like they wrestle bears and shit <laughs> like, uh, there's there's a lot of there's speculation from people yeah. that i talk to that they take it's, something it's special in their blood but uh what do you think is going to happen between volkanovsky and uh makachev well volkanovsky is going up in weight number yeah, one so right. i don't know if that's smart i know uh, against makachev I, I, I feel like where he is is where he should stay and where he should reign. I think Makachev is going to be too strong for him. He's going to be too big. But then, you know, Volkanovski was used to be 210 pounds. As, and, you know. Yeah, I never I, – I guess I could go research and see what he looked like at 210 pounds and see if he had muscle or if he was just fat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could say I used to be 300 and that, that wouldn't – yeah, yeah he has those long that. arms. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. My um, my daughter and her, she was like messaging me. She was like, "One FC is going to be in town um, in, in May." I heard it May. Yeah, I yeah. Heard and then she wants to go. Her boyfriend wants to go see Demetrius Johnson, and he's fighting the dude that I think beat him already. Okay, I think. But I'm like, she's actually graduating college the next morning, and we would have to drive like five hours. It's just not. We're gonna do like a watch party. But I've never watched one FC ever. I yeah, know. I don't. I can be honest and say I really don't watch anything, any other organization. Like I might watch a couple regional promotions on Fight mm -hmm. Pass, but I don't really watch Bellator, One FC, or PFL unless it's there's somebody. Like we've sent a couple guys that got cut from the UFC, came back to us, and they didn't make it back to the UFC, so they ended up in PFL. I've watched yeah. a couple of those fights. Uh -huh. But other than that, I don't keep up with, like, one or anything else. I know, um, like, Sage Northcutt fought for me mm. for a little while, oh, coming yeah. up with the regional scene before he went to the UFC. And then I saw his first fight in one FC. But he's he's supposed to be on that card in May, I think. I think I saw his face. Yeah, and... I saw poster. Yeah, and I watched recently. I watched like the World Series of the PFL or whatever it's called. That million dollar tournament. Yeah, it yeah. just. I was at the gym and it was on the uh, you know the TV at the gym, and I was right. on the treadmill, and I was like, okay, everyone is gonna about to win a million bucks. So I went ahead and watched. It was like fight after fight is the championship fights, and and I recognized a couple of people from the UFC, and then. There's some girl that's like Kayla, Kayla yeah. Harrison, but then she lost. I think. Yeah, and she wasn't yeah. supposed to, and she did. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so. That's always you know that makes it that keeps it exciting. I was also thinking we're just fight talk a little bit. If uh, you know, in order for Brandon to like solidify himself as like one of the greatest ever, he's got to beat like Henry Cejudo or Demetrius. <laughs> I saw um, I saw Cejudo's coming back. I think. Yeah. I, I saw something about him today that he's supposed to be fighting. Uh, who is he fighting? Probably in one thirty-five. I imagine. I think it was. I think it was one thirty-five. Yeah. He's supposed to yeah. be fighting somebody. I don't. I don't know who it is, but he's supposed to be fighting somebody. I forgot. <laughs> I think he's a great coach. Yeah. I think. I mean, for, as far as 
what I've heard from what I've heard and in his routine for winning or for like visualizing and like walking into the cage and having your hands like rehearsing right the wins and stuff I and I believe in a little bit of the woo woo shit where you know I make vision boards and write down goals and visualize right what I want to achieve and stuff and it's worked for me. So it's kind of, and then it's, I see it working for him and then see it working for people he's working with. Do you subscribe to any of that type of mindset? Uh, Yeah. I mean, obviously I think it's good to write down your goals and check them off and stuff like that. I do it too, but a lot of my stuff is like spur of the moment. Like I come up with these thoughts and ideas and it's just like, boom. And right away, like I could think of an idea right now or a fight or a card or a different venue or city that I want to do. And like, I'll put it on my notes and then tomorrow I have everything on my calendar. You got to call this place at this time. You got to listen to this at this time. So, and, and I, and I feel like I work, like I work in my sleep. Like lately I've been trying to go to sleep at like 9 PM, which is early. No, I'm with you, dude. Nine yeah. ten is where I'm at. Cause you yeah, gotta I'm get up to, early. I'm trying to be asleep by nine. Turn the TV off. Get up at six. Yep. Get my workout in. Be done by seven thirty. Get my first uh, few calls and emails and stuff. My first calls <laughs> and stuff done uh, by eight thirty. You know, and get my day started. I feel more productive. You know, so totally. Cause yeah. all the the time after nine p.m. is is gonna be spent like kind of drinking and fucking around or whatever. There you go. Exactly. watching tv yeah you're wasting <laughs> time TV. yep and there's only you know some we're in the prime and it's we're trying to get make shit happen and what i was thinking as you were saying you know you're writing you're you have these thoughts and i watched the secret the movie back in like 2006 or whatever <laughs> and one of the lines that stuck out to me is like the universe loves speed when you have the inspiration you it wants you to like take action and just do it like don't wait and fucking like because a lot of people i meet they all have these ideas about what they're gonna do and they talk 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 still to this day for years you know it's like yeah you gotta do the shit yeah stop talking about it and do it make it happen yeah it's kind of frustrating for me because i feel i almost feel bad for them and it's just like dude come on man like, yeah, but I was saying that, like, I, I try and go to sleep early, but I feel like I still work while I'm sleeping. Like, my mind never turns off, ever. It never, mm-hmm. ever turns off. Because a lot of people don't understand, like, everything that that doing this type of business or being a promoter entails. Like, especially for me on the regional level and on, on a lower level, like, I'm sure Dana has people that take care of everything for him. Like, he doesn't have to do he don't have to do anything but a lot of people don't know like for years for like at least up until maybe three years ago i was part of driving the equipment to the venues setting the cage up uh putting the tables and chairs out wiring lighting you know like part of the whole production setup sure and and even up up until now like i have a whole crew that does that now for like the past couple years but fighter medicals hotel bookings Mm. anything that requires money like i have to do i have to deal with it like we're not at a at a point where i can just say hey here's a bank account and give it to somebody and say 
take care of everything without me worrying about it. Like as long no. as it's my money that's getting spent, I'm never gonna leave. <laughs> like that's, always gonna be involved. That's where I'm at. I still pay all the bills. I yep. still have like all the relationships with a lot, like our promoters and YouTubers and podcasters. And I'm I'm trying to kind of delegate a little bit of those relationships for new people that want to get sponsored or whatever. I'm like, talk to my talk to this dude. But right. when it comes to handing over the keys to the bank account, it's like no, I don't trust anybody. Yeah, it's hard. And at the end of the day, like nobody is going to take care of your investment more than you are, you know, especially when you're the only one that's putting the money in other people might be putting in their time, but you're paying them for that. Right. You know, you're the last person as the owner, you're the last person to eat. Like everybody eats first. Yeah. If there's anything left on the plate, then I can have a bite. That's hilarious. You know what the deal is. That's why you're successful. Well, people, a lot of people, a lot of people don't, uh, they don't believe in that. You know, they don't think that. And mm -hmm. They think, oh, well, Eric's out here getting rich. Like, look at the venue. The venue is so packed. He must have made a killing tonight. Well, man, do you know what it costs to rent this place? Do you know how much the insurance costs? you know how much the production team costs? Like, there's not yeah. a lot sometimes. <laughs> yeah, people are like, dude, you got to pay yourself first, you know, because I'm not driving a fancy car. I live in a, like, I live in a nice house. And I have a, like, got a Tesla, whatever. It's like, I got a big truck, but it's not... I bought a used truck. You know, my point is I put all the money back into the, orga the organization, yeah. you know, yeah. to keep it, keep that growth. Uh, and it's ever since like day one, it's all about like getting hold of that, your position in the market and, and growing. And we've doubled every year at revenue since 2013, which is, something but i i could say a lot of it is due to the, a lot of the relationships we have with the people that promote our product because right. i pay them and then they get us more sales and then i keep paying them as opposed you know to myself and i i, I do okay but i could be like I could pay myself more, but I feel like the company would suffer, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. you're constantly reinvesting in your product and it makes it grow more. Obviously. Yeah. It shows. And we're trying. It's a cut but it's a it's every day. Because especially with the economy over the past couple of years or since the government stopped sending out the free checks. Yeah. We we had like it was crazy that year. We just like like everybody was buying underwear and, and luckily you know it we have our residual our returning and residual customers or whatever but um this last year was a little little funky and this year we're just we're trying to just like a lot more competition is coming in you know to right. the uh the underwear that we sell with the pouch and all that and then <laughs> and then people you know every prices for everything are going up I think that's hurting everybody, man. It's just people get greedy, you know, and they gotta, you know, you gotta understand like this is when you have a relationship like it has to benefit everybody. Like yes. everybody has to benefit from it. You do for me, I do for you. And I think that's another thing, like with me and my team, man, we try and do as much as we can for anybody that's involved with us because obviously we want them to speak well. And I feel like uh the reputation that we have and 
people speaking about us and the way they speak about us means more to me than money sometimes, you know? So yeah. we'll go above and beyond just to make sure that people are spreading that fury name and say, man, these guys are great to work with. Above and beyond. That's like a principle of success. Just do. Yeah. You don't ever you do the minimum. Never try yeah. and do the bare minimum. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Well, did you like, how did you, cause you had, you're talking the principles that I've read in these books about success and whatever is it just net come natural to you or do you did you study something man it's it's you know i when i was in college i was in banking okay and i was on the lower level of banking you know i was a teller but i worked with a lot of professional men that were driving mercedes and had nice cars and like I would go sit in their office and talk to them and stuff like that. And, and I feel like w they didn't really know that they were like a mentor to me or that they were influencing me, but I was 18 years old, 19 years old. Wow. And I wanted to have that one day. Of course. So I said, you know, eventually I'll be my own business owner and I'll, uh, I'll be in, in a position like this. So I enjoyed putting on a tie and going to work every day, wearing a suit. What, oh, and, I, and I think that that, shaped my mindset and my mentality into a, a business mindset to where I could be professional with people. And it, it just started coming natural, I guess. Yeah. Um, Cause some people see somebody with the fancy car and like the big house and, and then they, they like be, they hate on him or whatever. And it's like, no, I, I want that shit. Yeah. What did you do? Let me, I, I don't want to be average or normal. I mean, and, Sorry, I want to be on the yacht, you know. <laughs> it doesn't come overnight. Like, and, no. and that, I think nowadays that's uh, people have that idea that I can be where he is and I can do it and become an overnight success. Nobody saw like the 13 years and all the losses and, yeah. you know, the, the headaches on fight night and two hours before the doors open and the main event falling out the week before. Oh. And like, nobody saw that. All they see is fight night and UFC fight pass and a bunch of people in the crowd and sponsors on the canvas. And they're like, how hard can that be? If Eric did it, look at Eric. He's a not too old Hispanic guy and he's living. I, I can do it too. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a lot of work, and I worked hard, and I have I've had a lot of sleepless nights. But exactly, that's stress. The day, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, it's exciting. You know, you, you can. There's something to be said for having the nine to five, and you can get you have the nights and weekends off, and your little two right. week vacation and shit. We don't, yeah. we don't, I, we don't get those. <laughs> there is no nine to five. There's a. 24 365 yeah it and never stops ever man and i've been like to, this is our 10-year anniversary of sheath as like a legit kind of company i had the idea five years before that and there was some a lot of i had to get out of the army i had done a pre like release that completely failed in 2010 and then like had to restructure and restart over everything in two from 2010 to 2013 and then we did a kickstarter in 2013 it, you know what that is kickstarter yeah yeah i mean it's like a crowdfunding for everybody that doesn't know like we just put the idea out there and a, 
a few hundred people backed us and then we took that pool of money bought it anyway and then uh gave them all the product and we got to keep the rest and we sold it and it, every we've just keep re-upping it's kind of like the drug dope game you know a little <laughs> bit but like a little profit re-put it yeah. more yeah yeah you buy like the big quantity and then yeah. sell the little dimes and nicks yeah but anyways um <laughs> It's yeah, legal out there. <laughs> yeah, it's too strong. I smoked some the other, like two, a couple of weeks ago, I went to uh, California and I'm in Colorado where it's legal too, but I've been toning it down a bit uh, as far as like the blazing it up. But I was like, I'm in Cali, I'm at the beach, I'm going to buy some weed. And I, I was like, it's kind of funny. So I went to the little weed shop and I, ha- um, I had rented like the, I rented a car. I was just getting a, like a little Kia again. I'm not trying to get, get crazy, but right. for whatever reason, there was a Mustang drop top in the little section that I was eligible for. So I took, I got the Mustang anyway. So I'm driving it around top down, just fucking flooring it every stop sign, you know, just cause it's a rental and get the <laughs> weed. I'm on my way back to the hotel and it's like right on the beach in La Jolla. Very nice. The shores, shout out. So, so nice. And I'm like, all right, I'm like two minutes away. I'm going to I'm gonna light it up here and take it like two hits. I was just going to take two hits. And I did. But then I couldn't put it out. So I'm like holding it. And I'm holding <laughs> it down on the uh, below, you know, so no one could see me. And I, I come to a stop sign right next to the hotel California roll didn't quite stop pull to the left. And then of course there's like a fucking a cop car right there. And oh. so I'm like holding this joint as I'm driving past this cop car. And I'm like, <laughs> anyways, he didn't pull up behind me. Thank God. He just, I, he just let it ride. And so I didn't do that again. Cause I'm too fucking old to be doing that kind of shit. <laughs> and it would have ruined my vacation. But my, and but then I was like, man, this shit is so strong. Like this, how is this legal? Because I was so high. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> you do edibles or just smoke? Um, little of this, both. But like, typically just smoke. And I typically just like the leaf, and not like people are doing dabs and pins. Yeah, and, yeah, all that shit. You smoke the real shit. Yeah, yeah. Just, let's. But it, that shit is so strong that it's absurd. Cause I, it had been a, like a few weeks since I had smoked and I was like, anyways, wild, uh, that shit's crazy. Um, yeah. and we're, you know, we're trying to run these companies and you can't, you know, we're, Wiz Khalifa, you know, the more, <laughs> the more he smokes, the more money his business makes, but right. it's like, I gotta keep everything coordinated and it's kind of hard to do that when you're like high when you're high yeah yeah Yeah, we have uh you drink at all yeah what do you you like you you drink whiskey i'm mostly beer and yeah i'll have some whiskey what do you have you you had hollerhead we they don't have it at my local um i live in the in the very remote well whatever it's woodland park and we went because the first time i saw it on like the ufc and stuff i was like it's got the banana right flavor and we i went to go buy it and they didn't have it but every specs or like i don't know if you have specs in your area or total wine 
Specs no. and Total Wine should carry those. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about any like smaller or locals, but I know that uh, Specs and Total Wine for sure. But so uh, Hollerhead sponsors us, so mm-hmm. they'll send us like I don't know twenty four bottles like every three months or something. So. Oh, yeah. That's mostly what I drink, but I like a couple of weeks ago, I tried to like, I, they send like a little recipe book and it's got all these different like Hallerhead fried chicken, <sighs> Hallerhead banana bread, different stuff. So I try, I made some Hallerhead banana bread. Dude, it was actually pretty good. But what I'm getting at, like you were saying, like I can't, you can't smoke and still function and run a business on a regular basis. We, we do a podcast that is sponsored by Hallerhead. Nice. And during the podcast, we drink Hallerhead. So That's like smart. sometimes I dread those days because I'm like, man, this is gonna ruin my whole day. <laughs> like, yeah, got yeah. contracts and work to do. I can't leave the studio like this. But. No, yeah, and I'm we've been, you know, I'm like a Joe Rogan dude or whatever, bro, and, yeah. and so I started doing the uh, sober October thing okay. a few years ago, and every year I get a little bit closer to the end of the month. Cause I wouldn't quite make it, you know? And, <laughs> um, this year we made it fucking, we went to Vegas and no, and like everybody was smoking and drinking, including my team. Cause we sponsored this event called skank fest, which is a bunch of comedians, like dirty comedians, like that, not whatever, like they're edgy. You know? Y'all went in October. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, and I didn't smoke or drink, which was like, this year it's in September, so this year I'll, I'll party a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I didn't do it. I stuck to my guns or whatever, and I'm actually doing like dry January. And um, what about trying no to shave? just what about no shave November? We work with those people. The, yeah. the November, uh, it's like a men's mental health right awareness organization, and we do we work with them. I always have. I always facial hair. Yeah. yeah. Ever since I grew it out, I was like, okay, I look weird without it now. That's how I feel. Like once yeah. you have it and you and you've had it for so long, like even just trimming it down short is like, man, yeah. this looks, looks funny. <laughs> it looks weird. So yeah. I, I try to keep it. I just I don't shave it. I did one time. I don't remember why, but it was like, whoa, you fucking who are you? <laughs> <laughs> what a I mean, like, what big events are coming up and stuff for Fury? Man, so we we kicked off the year. Uh, we just finished our Fury Challenger Series on January 15th, and that is an uh, idea that we went and sat down with the UFC Five Pass team last year because we, we had started signing so many guys to our roster, and they're – they only allocate us like a certain amount of events per year that we're supposed to be able to do on fight pass. But because our roster is so big, we needed more events. So what we did is we pitched this idea for Fury challenger series, which is almost like a Dana white contender series, Nice, but it's, it's yeah, it's for guys that have five wins or less. Um, and they'll, yeah, they'll be able to headline that card. But the idea was for UFC fight pass social media pages to pick it up and stream it through their Facebook and YouTube and stuff like that. So they love the idea. They got millions of followers on there. Um, but it gives us uh, a way to do more events associated with UFC Fight Pass. So we just kicked that one off, and we uh, had our second one on January 15th. Obviously, we're coming into San Antonio this coming weekend, January 29th. 
that's a huge card. It's got some good flyweight matchups. Uh, I expect the main event and co-main event winners to get a look. Uh, they're either should get called up or one fight away. Yes. Then we come back to Houston the week after on February 5th. Um, and that's that should be a good one as well. We've got a Bantamweight showdown, title fight. Then we go to Dallas on February Damn. 7th. Yeah, so and then we have that doubleheader weekend. Um, we are going to California again on March 17th. Where? We're back in Visalia. It's okay. like uh, close to Fresno, about 20 minutes from Fresno. Okay. They got a really cool uh, venue out there that works really well for MMA fights, and that's where 559 fights go. Yeah. So we actually go out there. Uh, I know you know Jeremy, I think. And we actually, yeah, we actually go out there and we work with them and kind of co-promote the event with 559 fights. Yeah. And he builds the undercard and does the amateur fights and we put the pro side of the card on UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, we like working with them. And I love the ring, like you guys put the ring girls out there and they do the ring girls. And that's like a really cool way to promote our underwear. And um, Our ring girls love sheep like they were so nice I, I mean i met them and i she was like just briefly you know i think we took a picture and she was like something about you're part of the reason we get a paycheck and stuff so i was like hell yeah respect yeah. they love yeah they love that stuff too man and they like wearing it uh audra i think they said they mentioned that y'all like audra mm -hmm. yeah so she'll be in san antonio this weekend okay i'm gonna we're actually coming out with a new women's line also, which I'll be happy to, to send to them. Um, Cause that is just, you can't really beat having the ring girls walking around in your underwear. It's like, and then they took a picture with Dana White and shit. And then that yeah. we definitely were like, we'll take that and put that on our yeah. social. And, um, what if, what do you think about someone who's like you, you know, like 10 years ago or whatever, trying to start a new, their own fighting organization, what would you tell them? Be patient. And yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to be patient, man. And you, you'd be, well, maybe you're not, you wouldn't be surprised, but like they're popping up all over the place now. Yeah. They're everywhere. You know, I think okay. just in the last probably six months we've probably seen at least 10 new ones in texas alone whoa um I didn't but know even, even yeah even over the years you know i've seen them come and go like exactly. they'll come in they'll do three four five shows and they think they're really making it they're doing something and then you just don't hear from them no more yeah it's really all about the image you know a lot of guys will, will put out this image that they're doing really well but then time will show if they're really doing well or not. Like mm -hmm. if you can weather that two, three year storm. No, I don't, I don't think that any uh, business is stable until after you hit like that three or four year mark. Yeah. If you can make it through those first few years, take a few losses and restructure and then come back and do things different and start making money, then you're okay. But if, you, if you're going to base your whole business on the first year and you can't get past the, the first couple of years, you know, you're, it's not for you, but anybody coming into this, I would say be patient. It's not easy. You got to have a lot of patience. Your brain's going to constantly be working and you need to surround yourself by good people. Yeah. I, a lot, a lot of my friends are like other business owners and we're all pretty supportive of each other in terms of, you know, like 
staying positive and and you know you can tell we can talk to each other about maybe problems we're having but also the successes and um you don't want people that are like kind of like hating on you or whatever especially in the beginning and you can't really get away from that probably did your like fam- family or friends tell you that this was a bad idea or were they all pretty supportive uh, I, I had a lot of support. You know, <laughs> I, I, th- I think that they knew my character and they knew how ambitious I was. And nice. if I put my mind to it and I said I was going to make something happen, that I would do it. Nice. Uh, so they, they, they got behind me and okay. they knew that I wasn't going to be like a, it wasn't going to be an overnight success. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think any good business that strives today is an overnight success. Like it, it takes time. Yeah. And as long as you, as lo- they knew, as long as I stuck with it, that something good was going to come out of it. I like that's that's pretty sweet. I think that's actually kind of rare. Although I'm not a hundred percent, you know, I don't know everybody, but yeah. uh, a lot of people were telling me like, "What are you? Are you? What are you doing?" Kind of, or, or or at least like really questioning. Are you sure this is a good idea? Right. Because and I, I, but in my mind, I was so positive that it was going to work that I was like, "It's not even a question." So, and at um, the end of the day, that's what matters. You know, that's yeah. what matters most. Because you your can money, it's your time, so. and you can make it work. If I mean, for the most part, if you just do every, whatever it takes to make it work, I guess, yeah. and yeah. a little bit of luck, I guess. But, um, you know, I, you brought up other organizations that have come and gone, and I've seen other underwear companies over the ten years that have come and gone, and um, it's not easy. You got to have that like stamina and keep grinding every fucking day but i I, we worked with um jorge masvidal and he came out with his fight organization and i'm pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore but i'm you tell me (laughs) i mean i don't know like i know he was on ufc fight pass i haven't (laughs) seen anything recent okay um so i don't really know where that if he has anything planned but it's been a few months since he's had a show though Okay. Yeah, we worked with him and it was like, it was cool. And he called me, you know, he's like, thank you. And this and that. And I guess so I got to talk to Jorge and that was pretty sweet. But um, I, they were kind of like overvaluing the ROI or whatever. And, I, and I'm like dollar for dollar. I need to be making, getting some ROI, something. Give me something back and just putting me on the mat only. It just wasn't for the price they were charging. I was like, uh, there's like 30 other people on this mat. <laughs> right. I, I think that like for sponsors, um, just being on the mat is not going to get them a lot of attention because a lot mm-hmm. of people are going to be like, what is that? And it's going to be, are they going to take the time to Google it? Right. You know, so if they got to see more, vi- more visual and I think the ring announcer, I love the, the ring announcer. Yeah. I love the, the way live they- attendance. But I think that the videos as well, like yes. we put out videos that have constant sheath and logos mm-hmm. or whatever sponsor it is, like that's big and that's super important. I really appreciate that. You have no idea when we get those reels where it's like a tap out or a knockout and the, the sheath yeah. uh, banners in the background or whatever. Love that. And then the ring, it, uh, the announcer, this fight is brought to you by sheath underwear and all that. It's I love that guy. The, yeah, the big he, dude. he knows exactly how to plug it the right way. Yeah. You guys, 
you guys have a great thing going. Obviously, we're very proud to be an affiliation working with you guys. So I appreciate you, you know, like fitting us in there and sure. taking care of us. No doubt. And I, yeah, and I appreciate you coming on the yeah. the show today. I know you're super busy. Like you can't, like you said, it never stops. So. Never stops, man. I was I went to San Antonio Monday there and back, and you know we did our podcast yesterday and then i've got three kids you know that that require time of course working driver's ed i'm doing contracts for this weekend's event i gotta pack because we gotta leave tomorrow night to san antonio it's it's a lot of stuff you gotta have some like work life balance like some balance you know try to anyways and yeah that's why i'm doing jujitsu i'm i take a like a ceramics class with my wife we it's pottery and it's it's fun it's again it's like those like little moments of the week where actually i don't have my phone off during ceramics class but definitely during (laughs) jujitsu that's what i was gonna ask you is that one of those times you could put it aside and be like i'm not gonna worry about this right now it's in a bad time of the week it's like right in the middle of the day and and i'm always it's like i'm always stepping out to talk to attorney or somebody but uh you know I as we we know. I'll, so I'll see you on Sunday probably. Come by. Sure. Hi. Okay. We'll make sure y'all got the greatest seats, uh, and I'll you'll be right in my view to where I can walk back and forth and. Yeah, just come say hello, say hi. We're gonna we're gonna be doing like a behind the scenes video with my team and for Ooh. YouTube and everything. So we'll be Raul Rosas Jr. I don't know if you saw him make a debut. He's the youngest UFC fighter. Yes. Yeah, uh, I love him. They call him Baby. So. His brother is fighting on our card Sunday. Fine. And his brother and Kevin Rosas is his name. Kevin says Raul's coming. He's, he's going to be there. So Ooh, I'll see if cool. I can get him over there to get a picture with y'all and stuff. Thank you. Yeah, you yeah. guys always, I, we always feel special and I love that. So okay. I appreciate it. You got it, man. All right. Well, you have a great evening. Thank you for coming on. You got it. Yeah. Eric Garcia, Fury FC coming to a town near you go check it out check it on ufc fight pass and uh you know follow their instagram and stuff because it's it's good shit thank you brother all right all right right, man take care later bye-bye